there was a time where I did like two things back to back that were very similar. And I just felt like everyone being like, and that's what you do now forever. <laughs> and I really like as much as I could, and it was a privilege to be able to do this, like really like turned the wheel to be mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. I want to do all of it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that's not to like knock that genre, but it's, um, I think one of the most exciting parts of my job is that I get to do as many different things as possible, as many different um, shows and genres and styles as possible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 23 of The Fourth Wall. I am your host, Griffin Schiller, and this is the show where we break down the fourth wall of the film industry as we get an inside look through our conversations with writers, directors, actors, you name it. This show is, of course, part of the Playlist Podcast Network, where you can find the rest of our amazing film-centric catalog. We're talking shows like Be Real, The Discourse, Deep Focus, and much more. Whatever your fix is, we definitely have you covered over there. This episode of The Fourth Wall is brought to you by National Geographic. National Geographic's most Emmy award-winning reality series, Life Below Zero, has been giving viewers chills as an audience favorite for more than 100 episodes. The BBC Studio series follows a group of tough Alaskans as they battle whiteout snowstorms, unpredictable frozen terrain, and man-eating carnivores in one of the most isolated regions in the world. Like the cast they cover, the Emmy-winning crew are some of the toughest individuals in the business and must battle incredibly challenging conditions to film in insanely harsh conditions. Life Below Zero is for your consideration for outstanding unstructured reality program and all other eligible categories. For more information, visit natgeotv.com slash FYC. Today, I have a phenomenal conversation for you all with one of the co-leads of Hulu and Neon's Sundance smash hit Palm Springs, Kristen Milioti. Kristen Milioti is truly the definition of an entertainer. She's a musician, singer-songwriter, stage performer, Broadway star, and actress. And that's just what we're privy to. She won a Grammy and was nominated for a Tony Award for her breakout performance in the musical adaptation of Once, which I absolutely adored. She collaborated with Martin Scorsese on The Wolf of Wall Street and in television has had pivotal, in some cases, awards-worthy roles in How I Met Your Mother, Fargo, and Black Mirror's USS Callister. And honestly, during the course of this conversation, it really became apparent to me that Miliotti has worked incredibly hard to ensure the only thing you can expect from her is to be unexpected with the projects she chooses. Typecasting is the absolute last thing that she wants, and while early on some have tried, Miliotti has remained steadfast, pivoting using her natural talents and diverse skill set. And in her latest film, The Lonely Island's Palm Springs, she continues that. The film follows two strangers, Niles, played by Andy Samberg, and Sarah, played by uh, Miliotti, who attend a wedding at Palm Springs only to get stuck inside a time loop unexpectedly. As they relive the wedding day over and over again, the two naturally not only begin to form a budding romance, but what I like most about it is that they embark upon an introspective journey. And it's a film that really differentiates itself from other time loop films. We've got two people stuck inside the same loop who are less concerned with getting out and more concerned with 
you know, what is this experience teaching them? And we talked to Kristen about that uh, during this conversation. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously she's done a lot of work on Broadway on stage and the repetition that comes with that was that sort of her gateway into, uh, you know, discovering her character on this film. And so a lot of insightful uh, conversation sort of arose out of that. But also something that was super fascinating to learn was that, you know, with her being a musician and then an actor, Miliati often finds herself thinking musically when it comes to developing her characters. So she likes to create playlists for each of them and believes the kind of music someone listens to can tell you a lot about a person. And so uh, she talked about some of the artists that were on Sarah's playlist for Palm Springs and when she starts rattling off the artists and the sort of thematic through line uh, across them and, and how it pertains to her character, everything just made so much more sense. And I was just, uh, it was, it's so great to hear those little tidbits of information. But we also discuss her work on stage, the songwriting process, the nervousness that comes with singing in front of an audience. She gushes about Russian Doll towards the end and how Never Seeing Groundhog Day may have actually given her a fresh perspective while working on Palm Springs. We dive into all that and so much more. I absolutely loved this conversation with Kristen. She's real, she's genuine, she's straightforward, and she's unafraid. Uh, I I can't wait to see her career just explode even more from here. She is truly uh, one of the best actresses working today. And again, just the versatility of her. She can do anything. And I know she's going to continue to have that mindset of picking projects that are creatively fulfilling and different from everything else that she's done in the past throughout the entirety of her career. Before we jump into the conversation, this interview was not only conducted by myself, but my good friend and colleague, Mr. Zach Pope, who you all probably remember from the conversation we had with Morton Tildum. It was great having him on. And again, just a super fun conversation. I hope you all enjoy it. But all right, let's get into this thing. Here is our conversation with Kristen Milioti. How how has this whole virtual junket thing been for you? I'm, I'm sure it has to be like a weird sort of experience kind of adapting to that. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild, you know, I was just saying this in, in another interview. It is wild. And also, like, you know, we've been doing this since this morning today. And, like, there are times where I've just had this weird sort of realization, like, thought that, like, oh, have we always done it like this? Yeah. I mean, like, it does make sense. I mean, we are, I can see you. You know, it sucks that we're not in person, obviously. There's, like, different things you can read about someone's energy. And, you know, it's also, like, fun to all be in a space together. But then yeah stuff that I have felt like maybe this is actually more efficient and like look at us we're all like comfortable in our home I'm not dressed up like some drag queen I mean like you know the makeup I wear when I like go to a restaurant and I'm in like a sweater I like yeah yeah makes it more comfortable definitely and I'm like on my couch with my dog it's great (laughs) <laughs> that's, that, that's the best way to do it yeah yeah, yeah right no i i agree it's it, there's it's definitely been like sort of like a weird like sort of adaption period but like after you kind of get past that you're right there are some like positives like I, okay i have a setup here i can just literally do that record my audio and it'll be great but um but yeah okay but just jumping into palm springs obviously uh we we both love the yeah. film and i know zach you actually got a chance to see it at at sundance and yeah. were there for the yeah that i did experience. and i absolutely loved it It was my favorite film of the whole festival oh. and i just couldn't stop thinking about it since i saw it at the premiere 
Yeah. Were you, were you there at that, that, like, I think that was when I was at the first screening. On yeah. I, you know, that was like such a magical screening to see it with that many people who didn't know any of the stuff that happens in it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And that's the best way I've been telling a lot of my friends and family about it. Like, Hey, like, I don't really want you to know more about it, but you need to watch this when it comes on Hulu. Yeah, 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 that's been a real challenge with doing press about it too, because we're asked all these questions about it, and I keep, I, you know, obviously I want people to see it. I'm very proud of it, and also I want to say I don't want to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. The more blind you go in, the better time you have. I mean, listen, if you know stuff, you're still gonna have a good time. But like, mm -hmm. you know, that that screening in particular was so magical because, you know, I was sitting way, way, way in the back with the cast, and I was literally on the edge of the seat, and like clutching at my neck the whole time and like watching the audience like you know very intensely and hearing people like gasp and scream mm -hmm. and yep. laugh and also cry and like really feeling the energy in the room um that i'm so glad i was there for that yeah no we were gonna have like a whole theatrical push yeah was it? Push, push. yeah something you know yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and it's magical to see movies in theaters like that yeah. left it really me. is I, I felt like that when i was a kid and i feel like that now and um but also i will say like i'm i'm immensely grateful that like we completed it and that people can have it now mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I, and i'm kind of curious like going back to the the experience of of seeing it in the theater the first time with an audience um while it's you know i imagine it's like different some similarities because uh you know given your work on stage and in musicals like how how reading an audience on stage kind of compares or, or contrasts to you know experiencing a, a movie with an audience uh yeah. for the first time in a theater well it's i mean the, the major difference is that like you know when you're feeding off that in a live setting like in a play or a musical you are your own editor like you can really calibrate things and like sort of lose yourself and feel it with an audience in a movie theater. I'm I sit there and I'm like, oh god, if you don't like this, there's nothing I can do because it was <laughs> like there's nothing to be done. Um, and uh, but it is really amazing, you know, in the case of the Palm Springs screening, like the things mm -hmm. I always found sort of like shocking and delightful and moving about it. It was very. Um, validating to hear a group of hundreds of mm -hmm. people experience that in the same way for well, sure. yeah for sure. yeah yeah and um i for me i i want to know like obviously you've done so many different things like you're a stage performer you've acted in movies and television is there kind of a different dynamic to those and like which one do you prefer the most i gotta say i i love them all i think that you know i wanted to keep them all in constant rotation because I think they all they definitely all stretch different muscles like theater uh, to me uh, really separates the men from the boys do you mm -hmm. know what I mean like you mm -hmm. to have like the stamina to do eight shows a week um, and to live that life is takes a lot of um, work and dedication and it's uh, yeah and stamina um, that being said, film and TV has its like own different sort of stamina where like you right. day is like these very um, long hours and you really only have like one shot. You know, that's like the part of film and TV that to this day makes me very nervous. Is mm -hmm. that with the theater, if I um, screwed something up, I can go back the next night and be like, great, here's our chance to try it again. 
with film and TV, you're like, cool, so it's there forever. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Like, what are you going to do? But right. I, right. Well, I, I really don't prefer one over the other. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I think what's so interesting about that, about like, you know, getting the second chance to sort of repeat something over on stage is uh, it it kind of ties into the, you know, what is happening in, in Palm Springs in regard, you know, it's the, the characters are stuck in this loop. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm curious for you, if that was sort of your way into the material, was that like your immediate connection? Oh, maybe not consciously. Oh, no, I, you know, I, we were asked this earlier about like what it was like shooting the same thing over and over again. And yeah. like, it wasn't that different from normal because like still I found myself begging for more takes. Like mm-hmm. still I found myself walking away being like, oh, I screwed that up. Like, can you just mm-hmm. give me one more time? I just want to see if I can get it. You know, like even though technically they were like the same setups. So, but maybe that's more of a me problem. I, I feel like, I, I don't know, maybe there's like something to be said about you know, when you're on stage, it's like if, if you mess up or something goes wrong, it's like you, you get the next day and you can kind of improve upon that. And so, you know, when you're going through that cycle or you're going through the run of a play or, or, or a musical or whatnot, how how does your performance sort of evolve um, and, and how do you incorporate, uh, you know, new things you pick up uh, in, in like later shows and whatnot? Well, it, I mean, it, it deepens so much because you, I think you begin to think about it less. And because you just get to know the material and the character more, you know, sometimes a, a, something I feel very acutely, although I do feel this when I end a play too. So actually, mm-hmm. um, but with film and TV, I'll, I'll wrap something. And then like a month later, I'll wake up in the middle of the night being like, Oh my God, I never did this. I never <laughs> oh my yeah. God, this is, a nightmare. this is a nightmare. And I'll like sit there obsessing about like what I could have done better. And if I just had another month with the material, like I really, 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 could have done it better but then i don't know i think that there's so much like faith involved with it and so much like you gotta let go and let god that you can do as much homework as you want but it does right. come down to like the moment of it and plays are like that too uh before we really kind of dive more into the movie i i see that you're are you are you currently writing a script right now is that something that you're kind of interested in doing because you've done a lot of other things and i'm wondering if that is something that you're looking forward to maybe jumping into next no, I mean, I'm not writing anything at, at the mm-hmm. moment. I wrote, um, I co-wrote uh, and executive produced and um, acted in a pilot for FX a couple of years okay. ago that um, uh, I was a wild experience. It, I had never, I had been like writing, but I'd never shared anything that I'd written. And to go to like do something on that level was um, incredibly humbling. And like, I learned a ton. Um, I co-wrote it with uh, one of my best friends, Nina Pedrad, and then it was produced by Rob McElhaney mm-hmm. from Always Sunny. And um, it was wild. I mean, it was just like, I think that everyone should, every single actor should jump behind the camera. Uh, mm-hmm. They should try writing, they should try producing, they should try editing. And I think that like every director and every editor should try to act and try to write. Like, I think we all need to like see what it is because I learned so much, but I, We'll say that, like, right now at this moment in time, there's just no idea that's like tugging at me. Although I do okay. enjoy it, okay. I wish I awesome. had yeah, because then this would be a perfect time to sit and like go for it. Yeah, well, that's interesting. You kind of like speaking about the the importance of like diversifying your skill set because it's just, I think, a through line through all of your work 
is exactly that you know like it, it i kind of get the sense that you know you're you're a singer you're a songwriter uh you've acted on stage you've done film you've done television i i really get the sense that's important for you to really expand your horizons and, and diversify your work uh as an entertainer i guess yeah. mm-hmm. i really appreciate that um you saying that because i do feel that way and i mm. uh, that's been very very important to me is that i've never wanted to be pigeonholed there was a time where I did like two things back to back that were very similar. And I just felt like everyone being like, and that's what you do now forever. <laughs> and I really like as much as I could, and it was a privilege to be able to do this, like really like turned the wheel to be mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. I want to do all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not to like knock that genre, but it's, um, I think one of the most exciting parts of my job is that I get to do as many different things as possible, as many different um, shows and genres and styles as possible. And I yeah. think that's something that just like every time I see you in a role, I'm like, it, it, it sinks in. Like it takes me a little bit to like see, oh, that's her. Like, oh, and it, you, 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 you sink so well into every single performance and it, it, you, it really just shows. So great, great job. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Truly, that, that, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, and and I do want to kind of dive into your your uh, musical background because I I've always been fascinated with you know whether you found uh, acting or like singing and songwriting and music first and and how one sort of tied into the other. Uh, I found music first. I've sung mm. my whole life, um, and I was in bands all in high school, and um, you know I did sort of like theater and and sang in bands and was like the singer of the jazz band in high school that was sort of like all at the same time but um and music is still like uh, like my life I mean it's immensely important to me it's also how I like it's a huge part of my acting too I have like long playlists it's very important that I have like a soundtrack for each character oh interesting Um, yeah and uh that I listen to like obsessively the whole time and um but so yeah music came first how did they lead into each other? I mean, I think both of them at their best, when you're taking part of it, like at their best, you can lose yourself to something that is greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like so goofy, but like it does. <laughs> um, it makes sense. It yeah. makes, yeah. Something yeah. else takes over, you know, that something has, someone has written something that is so beautiful and either you're singing it or you're acting it and it like completely, you lose yourself in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those yeah. are like moments we're always chasing. Um, but to me, that they they are like I don't know, they are similar. I I guess because they're they're all heart opening. Mm. Definitely, it's a form of art. I mean, and yeah. and I really like that. And so you you brought up a playlist. Did you have certain songs or a playlist that maybe you listen literally? To you playing Sarah, <laughs> you yeah. read my mind. That was actually the next question thing I wanted to ask. Yeah. Um, the stuff that I had on Sarah's playlist was uh, was a lot of. Fiona Apple, it was a lot of Mitski, it was a lot of Sharon Von Etten. Um, um, I would actually have to look at it. There was some Casey Musgraves on there. Okay. Um, but it was a lot of like women who wail. Mm, okay. Definitely on there. Um, you know, that sort of spoke to her angst and her pain as well yeah. as her like release. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that's and definitely you can feel like, that. a huge. Yeah, yeah. right. Thanks. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, and it's a, it's a huge part of like those who those artists are. Uh, I, I think too. So that's yeah, that's an interesting part. Well, and and then going into like songwriting specifically, um, when you're you know uh, working on your musical endeavors, uh, how and 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 you're 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 writing your own stuff. Do you 
ever kind of like incorporate stuff that maybe you've written um, for for your own songs into like certain characters, or is that like an exploration that you're interested in doing? I've never even thought about that. I think I have so much sort of like shame and embarrassment around my songwriting. Like it mm. takes so much for me to even admit, you know, when I do like concerts, it takes so much for me to even admit that I've like written the thing that I'm about to play. Sure. It's like embarrassing and like, what if it does, like, you know, when you're acting, there's so many different things at play. And of course it does fall down to you to do it justice. But when you're like, this is a song I've written and I'm going to sing it for you. There's like nothing, there's like no one else involved. It's just you. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's, that it's... Yeah, here's my butt. Like, I don't yeah. know. You know, like, it's <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I've never thought of uh, incorporating them. I don't even know if I would know how. But that's a very interesting. That's, that's very interesting. Thought. Yeah, I, I guess... Well, and you're right. You know, when when you get up on stage and you're and you're singing and it's like your own stuff like that, it it is a very like, it's a very intimate sort of uh, experience, and it takes a lot to do that uh, in general. Which and, and especially if you're if you're up on stage and you're singing like a song that people are so familiar with, like with once when you're go when you go up on stage and you sing "Falling Slowly" and it's yeah. just like, yeah. okay, are you guys ready for this? It's like, all right, am I gonna, you know. Oh my god! We used to hear people whisper in the audience. Like I would play that first, like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Ding, and then and you'd hear like twenty people be like, "This is the song." That's a nightmare. Like terrible pressure cooker. Right, okay. right. Especially right when you hear that. I can hear you. I that because I'm up here doesn't mean that like I don't have ears. I can hear you. You're ten feet from me. <laughs> I'm gonna try my best. Like you know. No, I, I have to imagine that's like one of the biggest nightmares of, of just performing on stage in general, you know? Oh my God. I mean, sometimes, you know, at my best, when I'm feeling like my most zen, it's actually a huge compliment because maybe people are so lost in it that they're like, they don't realize um, that they're like talking to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's, uh, it takes a lot of concentration to not want to like stop everything and be like, I just, 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 Hush, please. I can hear you. Please, please, please. Hush. Yeah. 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 No, Definitely. I uh, for sure. Um, so going back to Palm Springs a little bit, uh, one of the things that I really love about the the film is how it kind of, you know, the, the the endless time loop thing has been done by so many different films, but in this movie, it's really dealing with like the psychological and emotional uh, effects of of that, and I mean, along with like having fun as well. Um. And, it, you know, adding in an extra person definitely adds, like, an extra layer of intimacy and whatnot. And so I'm curious for you, uh, what were some of your, like, initial reactions to, like, reading the script? And then what do you think, like, a second person adds to the uh, to the loop, I guess? That's a great question. I mean, right off the rip, I think one of the things that really attracted me to the script was that I always felt that it was, like, an existential comedy that mm. it spoke so much about, it spoke so much to how we try to escape ourselves and we can't. And that like at the end of the day, you are alone with yourself. Even if someone else is there, like you have to reckon with yourself. And that, um, you know, society doesn't really encourage that. 
they encourage distractions. They encourage like, well, if you just buy the right house, if you just buy the right car, if you're just with the right person, you don't have to deal with any of that stuff that's mm. within, that's like screaming at behind a locked door. You can just like sail past that. But that actually, you know, you have to govern your own shit. And um, I think that that like really hit me about this movie that like, it's sort of the time loop is, is a perfect sort of mechanism for that, but that, um, you know, I really felt for her. She's trying to escape herself uh, when we meet her and then throughout. And then I think, well, they add intimacy for sure, mm -hmm. but it's like a witness. It's like a witness to your bullshit, which is mm. like what you could say a relationship is, you know, and yeah. what commitment is. I mean, I don't mean that in as flippant a way as it came out, but like, you know, it's someone who holds you accountable. Um, you ultimately have to hold yourself accountable. Someone can't, you know, come in and like be your, I don't know, savior slash babysitter slash. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I think the film does really well in like elevating yeah. and like pushing out into the forefront, especially for Niles and Sarah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That I think that they, you know, they're both in so much pain. They're both in so much, they both are experiencing so much shame. They're both like broken. Um, and yet the idea of having to like own up to that in an actual constructive way that brings about change is like unimaginable to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the things that really drew me to the film as I'm watching, it, I'm sitting there like, what if I was in their shoes right now? How would this make me feel? And everything you're saying is exactly how I felt watching the movie and even leaving it, um, which is, which is kind of weird. Cause I'm like thinking this would be a kind of good date movie at the same time for you two to kind of have a discussion and like how it would go about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. To be like, mm -hmm. okay, well let's get a little real. Mm-hmm. No. Right, definitely right. and that's what the film asks for it you know it is a comedy it makes you laugh but it yeah. also makes you think a little bit more and has those sincere moments which i do want to i do wonder if you got stuck in a time loop who yeah. and where would you want to be or is there a certain place in your life that you wish you would have been in that time loop to kind of figure stuff out no we've been asked this a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i bet I mean, we have and it's been like a, a very interesting thing to sit with because i don't take that lightly um also like witchy woo woo things make me very like <laughs> nervous Mm -hmm. um, and make me like really think about maybe take those yeah you know, the answer really seriously. I wonder that like when I think about a time in my life or like a day in my life I'd want to live over and over again. I'm very overwhelmed by like the inability to choose because I have experienced so many great ones. And I wonder if it would be more of an our town situation where it was like a you know a day that maybe seemed not remarkable at the time, but was something like you know a time that I was like in nature when I was a kid and sort of felt very at peace or even as an adult um yeah like i went uh to africa last year um and did like a safari and i trekked after like chimpanzees in the rainforest and every day i was like assaulted with beauty and with life and i mean i don't know i could repeat those days over and over mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i bet and it's it's well, those small moments that really I think it's the little things in life that many people kind of skip right over. Yeah, right. It's not yeah. like the day that I, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, uh, like some sort of like outside validation, even though those things are incredible, you know. But yeah, it would be, I think, like the days where you feel at peace. I think those are really right. Good. Yeah. Well, and, and interestingly enough, I feel like that kind of goes back to the film of just like appreciating the meaning in sort of like the 
I, I guess the the everyday things, the what many would consider like mundane or whatnot. Um, and and I think it's like something that really like especially rings true in you know society today, where it's just like everyone wants that instant gratification, uh, that little like endorphin buzz or whatever. Um, yeah. and so like I'm curious, like what? Why do you think like having a sort of I guess an outlook that this film presents. Why do you think that's become so difficult for people? I think because we're not encouraged to. Mm. You know, I think that people are encouraged, like as a, as just a society, and maybe this is specifically American, but yeah. that like that there's like a quick fix always around the corner. You know that like you don't that it's not like a that it doesn't take work that it doesn't that like don't don't worry an epiphany is on its way and actually yeah. like meaningful change takes a long time and it takes work and it takes dedication and I think that like the little things in life that are so beautiful like. I don't know you you they don't seem like they're like instagrammable or like sellable and they're like well but mm-hmm. this is just for me so who do i tell about this yeah. you know like it doesn't matter if it's just for me and i think that um i don't know i don't know if that like completely answers your question but i think we're not entirely encouraged to appreciate those things we're encouraged to appreciate wins mm-hmm. right well th- yeah that's appreciate yeah. losses yeah no. Which, I think that's, yeah. which, like, looking at the film, was there anything behind the scenes that really stuck out to you that maybe was just a small little story or something that you just, like, will always remember being on set? Or maybe even, you know, when you watch the film, like, this is the scene that it's so small and tiny, but I appreciate it so much that we did it and went through it within the script. Well, there were definitely things, but that's like a multiple-part multiple part answer. There was definitely things, there were experiences of, experiences of filming certain scenes in the movie like there's a campfire scene in the movie that felt, we were, Andy and I were talking about this in an interview earlier today and he used the word hypnotic. And that yeah. is how it felt. Like it felt very much like we, you know, we like got into a space, I think, where it just felt like something else took over or something. And it and mm. I love that scene um, so much. But then there were other things that like from like a goofier aspect that like you know like the tattoo stuff yeah you know know, that was made up like on the fly we were like oh yeah let's just film that real quick (laughs) yeah 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 uh some like the improv that we did made me feel that feeling of like oh my god this is what i dreamed about when i was a kid and like here i am getting to do it and that feeling of like immense gratitude and also feeling like holy shit what are the chances you know yeah yeah again i don't want to like give things away but like the um how do i describe this scene without giving it away the um part of it's in the trailer the bomb and the cake yeah oh right yeah that's yeah it's one of the most fun scenes i mean it's like two seconds long literally and i like the thing that i do later in that scene was like something i've wanted to do you know my whole life i want to i got to play a cartoon it's amazing yeah, yeah, right. That, <laughs> that was that. I'm gl- I'm glad you brought that up because that the the entirety of that scene was one of my favorite like comedic yeah, moments in the film. It's so absolutely, it's genius. No, I I love that scene too because I like Andy and I had gotten to know each other more by then, and I didn't tell him what I was gonna do. Like none of that was. I tried to like, really Richard gear him because I was like, yeah. oh, I don't expect any of this, and then I'm gonna pop out, and he's there. We're gonna like get actual the reactions of like both of us. <laughs> and all in there and it's like it was a thrill yeah well i yeah. i guess kind of going off of that what were some of the things like how did the whole process for just like coming up with these like shenanigans and like the different deaths and just like the yeah. 
whatever you guys would do that particular way. How did, how much of that, I guess, was in the script versus what you guys kind of just like made up on the spot? And then my follow-up to that would be, were there any that you guys thought of that didn't make it into the final cut? There were things that were cut for time, but they'd always been written in there. Like there used to be a scene where we did like a bunch of drugs with people from like that we found from Coachella. Oh, okay. That was like very funny, but it got cut, but <laughs> didn't have time. And then there were things that, like I said, like the tattoo stuff, we just like had the idea one day and like got it in like two takes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what else, but most of it was in there. I mean, that script was so beautiful and so well written. Um, you know, we definitely got to be loose like with um, uh, Connor in the scene where I like ask him, again, I don't wanna like ruin anything, but like when, I, when I'm like, come meet me in the whatever, like that was- Oh really yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like such a comedic genius. Um, but I'm trying to think of like what, I don't know if I'm just like rambling or like answering your question. No, I, no, I think no, I, I totally, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I know we got kind of got like two minutes left here, so I, I kind of want to close out on this. So we like to do a little thing here on the podcast called uh, Film Essentials, which is just basically the essential film someone should watch if they want to better understand the movie we're talking about, which in this case is Palm Springs. So for you, I want to ask you, what would be your essential endless time loop films that you would recommend to people? Wow. You mean besides ours? <laughs> well, right, of course. Well, that's Besides the main Paul's one. Frank. That's the main yeah. one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never seen Groundhog Day. Sorry. I've, wow. No, it's embarrassing. You know what? But, no, but, I'm in but there. I think I've it's... never seen it either. either. That's like everyone's seen that movie. Yeah. That's... So you're not alone. You're not alone in that. No, but I think that's so interesting, though, that you're that I guess like you haven't seen that film and then you're doing Palm Springs and it's so like. I guess it's almost like going through this whole thing without any of the baggage of that movie. It, it almost, it gives you new perspective, I would imagine. That's true. I think maybe if I'd gone in with the baggage of that, that's a very good point that I would have been like, oh God, is this like in Groundhog Day? But I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. At all. So. I, I was um, a huge fan of Russian Doll. Okay, I love that yeah. show. That oh was a God. great surprise. That show is so brilliant. And um I just, I flipped when I saw it and um, I know some of the people involved with it and I was like so immensely proud of them and inspired by it and just as like a piece that exists in the world. It's, I think it's so, so brilliant. Um, yeah, but I yeah. think like, so I don't know, maybe that just because I think it's like so amazing. Even if this uh, no, I a timeless movie, I'd be like, go check out Russian Doll. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, right, absolutely. Russian yeah. Doll is an ex excellent answer. Uh, just final question here, if you'll indulge me one more. Uh, so I yeah. know you have... Um, HBO's Modern Love coming up. And what can we expect from that? And given that it's another series that's exploring relationships, uh, you know, how does it kind of seek to explore those relationships? Well, do you know that book at all? I don't personally, oh, no. Yeah, no. yeah. Great book. It's such a good book. Um, we were halfway through filming and then the shutdown happened. Um, gotcha, which is okay. Why I'm out in LA, actually. I don't live here. Um, I mean, what can I tell you about it? That also has a very, it's very sci-fi, that, that. Mm um that story uh i mean it's brilliant i love it the cast is amazing like uh billy magnuson plays my oh yeah husband and ray romano and i play an estranged father and daughter and yeah. um, that are like forced to live with each other after 10 years of not speaking and mm -hmm. um it's incredible <laughs> sounds interesting well, i can't wait yeah i know yeah, we're, we're so definitely cool. looking forward to it Thank but uh you listen too. Yeah. yeah thank you for sure. Yeah, thanks, Kristen. Really appreciate your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. 
Well, there you have it, guys. That was our conversation with Kristen Milioti. I I say this all the time, but damn it, I always wish I had more time to to talk to our our phenomenal guests. And uh, Kristen was an absolute delight. Uh, really great person, amazing talent, and I, I I can't wait to see what she does next. Palm Springs hits Hulu July 10th, and guys, it's one of my favorite films of the year. Top three easily it is just it's heartwarming it's hilarious it's real and tackles just some interesting life themes and i i I couldn't get enough of it i i watched my screener i kid you not i watched my screener back to back to back like three times uh and and i still loved it i i still got so much out of it and had a blast watching it so i i think you're all going to seriously enjoy this film i want to give a special thanks again to my good friend zach pope for joining me on this interview if you want to give him a follow you can hit him up on twitter at pope the king or follow him on youtube at zach pope reviews but the most important thing is guys i want to hear from you all and i want to know what your favorite time loop film is we're talking films like groundhog day edge of tomorrow all that good stuff let me know in the comment section of wherever you're listening to this episode be sure as always to subscribe to the playlist podcast network for more episodes of the fourth wall along with the rest of our amazing catalog over there we've got deep focus the discourse indie beat a lot of great stuff that you're definitely going to want to listen to everyone's putting in amazing work right now so uh definitely go uh, give them a listen and then if you want to take that extra step and help us out a lot it would be amazing if you left us a rating and a review because again greatly helps the show out it helps us get noticed and it lets me know what you're all loving and what you want to see more of i don't have a guest to tease for the next episode of the fourth wall but hopefully we'll have one out for you in the coming weeks and again i'm I'm sure it'll be i'm sure it'll be amazing as all of them tend to be but lastly guys you know if you like me specifically and you like what i have to say you can give me a follow on twitter at Griff Schiller. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to this conversation. And until next time, take care.